Yo, I just had some Chipotle that changed my life. <laughs> the best Chipotle I've ever had in my life. The only thing is now I got the itis. So, um, but we're going to power through it. We're going to power through it. <laughs> What's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the High Value Designer Podcast. I'm your host, Marshall Fox. I know I said I was going to be coming out with new episodes every Friday, but I lied. <laughs> I've got too much information to get out, so I'm up in the frequency, okay? So just a heads up, y'all, we're official now. Like, we on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so all streaming platforms, we are official. So just a disclaimer, you know I'm out in the open here in this house that we're at. So if you hear my kids in the background, I apologize. It's just, you know, it is what it is. All right, y'all, like I said, welcome to the High Value Designer Podcast recording this live and today we're going to talk about how to deal with imposter syndrome as a graphic designer okay it's important it is important so this craft it's not for the weak okay we're really entrepreneurship in general but particularly graphic design and people who do you know creative things for a living it's mentally exhausting okay so there's a whole dark side to graphic design that we don't often talk about but it is there like I said, this, this is not for the weak. You have to have a certain level of mental fortitude to do this at a high level long term. Like there's burnout. We're answering to a bunch of people all the time. Like we leave our a lot of times a full time job where we're answering to one, maybe two people to doing this where we're answering to five, 10, sometimes 20 people at a time right so and then coming up with designs over and over it's just a lot it's a lot on us mentally okay so this this craft will chew you up and spit you out if you don't take care of this y'all if you don't take care of this your whole mental health it'll chew you up and, and spit you out unless you know how to deal with it okay like the voices in your head your mindset you have to really build it up like a muscle in order to do this happily for a sustainable period of time not just like you know little spurts here and there like a year or two i'm talking about you know for the long term seems weird to say these days because people like to jump in and out of things i'm guilty of that myself you know like after a couple of years now oh, let me do something else <laughs> but yeah there's people out here that you can become a master at something if you do it for an extended period of time like get your ten thousand hours in on one thing you know so today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome so it's just one of the many mental barriers that we deal with as graphic designers okay so if you're already familiar with it you may be thinking man this is cliche but it's something that plagues us as creative so i have to talk about it okay we're especially susceptible to dealing with imposter syndrome having imposter syndrome as creative so i want to free somebody today okay i want to free somebody today all right all right so just to kind of run down just some of the things that we deal with as graphic designers people always need stuff from us like we a lot of times we don't like to ask for help and I'm speaking from experience, right? We don't like to ask for help, but people, uh, you know, ask us for things all the time because it's literally our job. Okay. So, um, and a lot of times it can feel like a job rather than entrepreneurship. We'll miss birthdays, holidays. A lot of times we're not mentally present. We went with our families and people can tend to minimize what we do as well because a lot of designers are looked at as commodities, right? Rather than like high level experts, you know, consultants, a lot of us are looked at as like commodities or just, you know, easily replaceable, you know, and a lot of it is, is, is stuff we do to ourselves. But that's a topic for another episode. OK, but just know that that all that is normal. OK, guys, it's normal and you're not alone. It just means that you are in business. OK, just think about that. 
you had you have to start looking at things have just having a different perspective about things looking at the glass half full rather than half empty okay um and realize okay th- i'm dealing with this because i'm in business people are doing business with me imposter syndrome what is it okay now we're going to talk about exactly what it is so imposter syndrome is down on your abilities and feeling like a fraud right it's an internal internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be it's the idea that you've only succeeded due to to luck not because of your talent or qualifications okay so just to recap it's down on your abilities like feeling like i don't belong here like i'm not qualified or maybe you have a little bit bit of success but you tend to downplay it minimize it like oh this is probably luck right it's it's crazy because it was a buddy of mine dewan matunga um, who first told me about imposter syndrome. We were having a conversation and he could tell by how I was speaking that I was dealing with imposter syndrome and I had never heard of it. This was probably 2017. But I looked into it. We talked a little bit about it. I looked into it. I'm like, yo, this is exactly what I'm dealing with. You know, because I came into graphic design, no real experience outside of the little things I've done for myself. And I think I did a website for somebody before just as a favor, but no real experience, right? So I started to make some money. I'm like, but... I didn't go to school for this. I don't really have any significant experience. So this is probably just, you know, a, a little wave that's just going to come crashing down. You know, the house of cards is going to come crashing down eventually. It, it, to be honest, <laughs> it probably was. I probably made like a half million dollars before in this crap before I was like, you know what? I belong here. You know, I belong here. I think I can make this a long term thing. Honestly, honestly. And I still deal with it to this day. Okay. We all deal with this. You have to know that we all deal with this and it's normal. Okay. And it never ends. I still, <laughs> I still deal with it. I dealt with it yesterday. I'll give you a quick example, a really quick example. So, um, I have a mini course. It's called six figures on Wix. Um, it's like a Wix course for designers that I put out earlier in the year. And, um, I haven't been promoting it at all recently because I came out with a premium program, the high value designer system. So that's what I've been promoting. And that is like the all encompassing uh, program, like a signature program. I like follow the system to build it out. So I'm really proud of it. Right. So I kind of like dismissed the six on Wix course, even though pe- the people who signed up really enjoyed it. But somebody um, signed up randomly on Friday and yesterday emailed. He said, I signed up a couple of days ago. Would you be able to give me a refund? So when I saw that, all this stuff started going through my head. Like, oh, he probably thinks it sucks. I was like, I need to let him know about the new course. You know, it's way better than that. Um, you know, maybe he can give that a chance. Because I felt like the six on Wix, the six figures on Wix course wasn't the best representation of what I wanted to put out. It's still good in my my opinion. But I'm like, oh, how did he even find this? You know, so I'm talking to my wife about it. She's like, it's imposter syndrome. You got to stop doing that. The course is fine. Nobody <laughs> that has taken the course, they've, they've been getting results. Nobody who, who took the course, even though it hasn't been signed up in a while because I haven't been, been promoted, but nobody who took the course said they wanted a refund, right? So I, I asked the guy, I was like, would you mind sharing why you wanted a refund? He's like, I haven't even logged into the course. I'm sure it's dope, but something came up and I really need the money back. So I just wanted to see. I know it's probably a stretch, but I just wanted to see if you'd be able to give a refund. If not, it's cool. So here I am in my head making up this whole story about somebody who took my course and hates it. And it's not even my signature course, but I, my wife was like, look, you should be proud of that. All your stuff is dope. You know, people are getting results, even though I'm not promoting it. But she said, you should be proud of that. Don't just dismiss that course like it's nothing. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I did 
So what is that? That's imposter syndrome showing up. <laughs> so I'm saying that to say that even I deal with it regularly, y'all. You can read stories about millionaires and billionaires who still deal with imposter syndrome. People who are at the top of their game, okay? Like athletes, actors, you know, well-known people, people who aren't well-known, CEOs of companies that still deal with imposter syndrome to this day. So just know that it's, it's something that rears its ugly head, but once you know what it is, you can know what to do about it, okay? Um, what can you do about it? Once you know what it is, you can recognize it. So I give an example of like a boxer who, let's say they, he only has like two signature shots. You know, let's say he has a, a, a dope uh, jab and, and like a right hook or something like that. If he keeps doing the same combination of, of, of punches, you already know what's coming. Or even like an NFL game, if they got the same couple plays, you already know what's coming. So you can kind of predict what the play will be and intercept the ball. Or if it's boxing, get out of the way of the shot. Right. So once you know what it is, you can get out of the way. OK. Once you realize it never goes away, no matter how successful you get, you can make peace with that and move forward. All right. So what else can you do about it? You can celebrate your successes. We suck at this as designers, y'all. And I, <laughs> people in my group and good to go know because I talk about it all the time. Like they see glimpses here and there. But 90, I would say probably 90 percent of the work that I've done for clients out of the million plus dollars of work that I've done. I haven't posted. I don't really, you know, I don't really get excited about. I just, you know, I do it for the client and I move on. Whether they post it or not, that's that's cool. Like one example is uh, Jasmine Womack, one of my clients, did the, I didn't do the logo for it. Another designer did that, but did the signage for a conference that she just had, a phenomenal conference. I did all the uh, table tents, um, wayfinding signage for the floor, retractable banners, the whole nine, y'all, a lot of stuff, the flyers for social media, um, a lot of stuff. And it came out really dope, you know, and the old me would have posted that. Right. I'm like, look, guys, this is what I did. It was cool. And a part of me still wants to do it. But I just ha I've gotten out of the habit of doing that. But I'm bringing that up to say sometimes it's OK to celebrate some successes, um, especially stuff that's out here having an impact. Like Jam is able to have a tremendous impact through the work that I've been able to do. You know, give giving her that much more confidence in what she does and how she shows up for her clients at a high level because she has a high level brand strategist and designer behind her that's working on this. And same can be said for a lot of different things, a lot of different clients that I work with. And us as designers, we're doing amazing things for our clients on a day to day basis. I'm not saying we have to post everything, but sometimes it's OK to sit there and actually appreciate one being in this craft and being able to provide for ourselves and our family with what we do showing gratitude there but two having gratitude for our ability and what we're doing for our clients really recognizing what we're doing for our clients and in my head I work with a lot of professional speakers authors coaches and consultants a lot of what they do is hard work right so they're changing lives you know they're helping people get out of depression they're motivating inspiring for example with Jasmine she's giving people an outlet to share their stories with the world so they can change lives with their books and just working on the uh for example the retractable banners have testimonies just reading through the testimonies i'm like wow like she's really out here doing the lord's work <laughs> right so i'll say that to say a lot of us have have really dope clients like that it's okay to sit there and say wow let me really appreciate this moment right celebrate this okay and stop downplaying what we do okay remember how far you've come as well that's another thing you can do do about it remember how far you've come and just think when you weren't doing design when you're twiddling your thumbs 
and didn't have anything to do, think about that. Think about when you, let's say you were at a job that you didn't like, or if you're still at a job when you are designing, think about the fact that you're not at the job at the moment when you are designing, okay? And remember, you are the expert. You're the expert that people seek out, not them. So they're coming to you for a reason. They just didn't show up just because, you know, they just Googled you and, and just landed on your site in most cases with at least the designers in my network. Usually it's some, a word of mouth. They showed up for a reason. Somebody likely has, has sung your praises or let this potential client know about you for them to show up, right? And give yourself grace. Stop being so hard on yourself as well. And don't hold back out of fear. Go for that big client. Go for that big project, okay? And that's going to be another topic for another day because one of the, the biggest things that hold designers back is confidence, is confidence. And I see it all the time, especially in my group, Good to Go. If you aren't in the group, if you're a designer, join Good to Go. Um, it's good to go dot group, good, the number two, and then goat, G-O-A-T, dot group. So, yeah, one of the, the biggest things that hold designers back is lack of confidence. So designers in my group, uh, I won't lose it this time. Designers design my group will ask, well, how do you do this? Or what do you say when it comes to this? And I'll just let them know. We'll just tell them this, tell them that, tell the client this. And um, they be like, wow, like the confidence is crazy. And I don't even really think about it like that. But then I have to remember it's, it's muscle memory for me. You know, I'm able to have those conversations with the clients easily. Like a lot of designers are scared to talk about money or they'll get on a consultation with a client or a call, um, a Zoom call, and they won't even bring up money. I have, I know designers I've been working with one-on-one -on -one where it's like, well, I'll just get on a call, see what they need, then I'll send them a proposal. I'm like, so they have no idea how much you're going to charge them? Like I, get, I try to get to that money conversation as quickly as possible in the conversation, like get to it as quick as possible because you don't want to waste people's time and you don't want people to waste your time. And if you're a high-level service provider, and you have to assume that identity before you are, even before you are. I talk about that in my high-value designer system. You have to assume the identity of a six-figure designer before you are. So if you are a high-level service provider, if you are that six-figure, multi-six-figure designer, how would they operate? They'd be busy. They'd have a lot of clients, not, not too many, but they've had clients that are in line that they're working with. And they, you know, they have to keep things, they, you know, they're not twiddling their thumb. They're not sitting around waiting, right? So if you have that identity... Get to that conversation. Let them know. Okay, this is what I can do. This is what I recommend based off of what you share with me. This is how much it costs. This is when I'm available. This is the payment schedule. Talk about all that on the phone, on the Zoom call. Let them know right up front. They appreciate that. So that way you can minimize the back and forth. I talked with a designer that I'm, I coach about this earlier in the week. She has a high level client that she's potentially going to get. So I'm like, I was kind of talking to her. I was like, well, one, celebrate what, what happened. You know, it's cool. But two, Try to eliminate the need for a proposal, like get that yes or no on the phone. Let you know, because they don't high level clients. They like that decisiveness. They like someone to take control and they don't like people to waste their time. And you don't want your time wasted either. You know what I'm saying? So eliminate all of that back and forth. OK, yeah, cool. I'll send you this. I'll send you that. Unless unless it's a situation where you really have to do that, you know, so um, try to eliminate that. OK, so. One of the biggest things designers struggle with is confidence and imposter syndrome is a big reason, right? But it, just the confidence and this imposter syndrome by itself, that's the difference. Like having that and knowing how to combat that can be the difference between doing 60K a year or doubling it to 120K a year. Because if you know, okay, yeah, I'm scared to send this proposal out or I'm, I'm scared to share this amount with the client, but it's just imposter syndrome, go ahead and send it out anyway. You'll send it out, you'll be a little scared. 
your armpits will be sweating like me. <laughs> your belly butt baby sweat. That was that was what happened with Dewan first shared the pot with me. He was helping me raise my prices. All that was happening, y'all. But I was I did it anyway, and people started to pay it. I'm like, wow. So just that little key right there is like, bro, it's gonna be scary, but just do it. Just know it's imposter syndrome. You do belong here. You are needed. Go ahead and, and do it. What's the worst that can happen? Having that mentality can be the difference between a 60K a year and 120K a year, doubling your business. Something that simple, y'all. That's why I had to talk about this. I know it's cliche. I know it's, you know, a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome, but we deal with it as creators all the time, y'all. And once you eliminate that, one of those mental barriers, or at least try to suppress it as much as possible, things are limitless, y'all. Things are limitless. Just thinking about where I was when I was dealing with it the most. I tell the story about Patrick Peake, the gift coach, when he asked me early on, he's like, how much would you want to make in this in this business? I was like, if I, bro, if I could do 80K a year, that would be dope. You know, that was probably about 15 or so K more than I ever made in a year. So I was like, that would be, that would be love. Like, that would be amazing. Like, I'll be able to really feed my family with that. And he was chewing it. He was eating a sandwich like, bro. <laughs> he was like, man, you could double that easy. And I thought he was crazy. I'm like, what does he know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make a hundred anything as a graphic designer. But then now to what? Triple it? More than triple it a year? Why? Getting rid of limiting beliefs like imposter syndrome. At least knowing what it is so you can combat it. Okay, so that's why it's important, y'all. I know I'm probably getting a little long winded, but just know that you're needed. You belong. Um, if anybody's paid you money for design and continued to pay you or you got multiple clients, you belong here. You belong here, regardless of if you went to school for it or not, regardless of any of that, bro. Like. Humbly. I'm doing pretty well in terms of revenue compared to designers who I'm, I'm familiar with who have gone to school for it have went to agencies and, and studied under under folks and stuff like that. So I'm saying that to say, bro, you use Canva, you you make money with it with for your clients, you belong. I'm saying it. It's an unpopular opinion. You use Wix, you belong. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but you belong. We need you, and we need you to become a high-level designer if you want. Because, like I said last week, there's so many clients who need us, so many high-level clients who need us, but they're like the the amount of high-level designers is, is slim pickings out here, y'all. Slim pickings. Creative Network says, I need 100K at least, bro, it's out here. I'm telling you, and it's easier now than ever because the barrier to entry is low, okay? The barrier to entry is low, but the barrier for success is high. Like high levels, high-value success is high. So, okay, you got tons of people trying to become designers, call themselves designers, it's fine, you can do that. We all start somewhere, and only the real ones, only the ones who have a certain set of skills and have a certain mindset to really genuinely want to help their clients, they're the only ones that are going to make it, right? So all those new designers that are coming in or people just flirting with it, haven't really made a decision, that's another topic. I'm going to have to write that down. You have to make a decision. So a lot of it starts with a decision, but a lot of those designers, it makes those who want to identify and say, look, I'm going to become a high value designer. It makes us that much more valuable. That's what I'm getting to. So you can get to a point where you can pretty much name your price. Why? Because there are no alternatives. All the alternatives are cheap. They, they don't do they, you know, they don't communicate. Um, they don't do high value work. They just post low value work. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's like it widens, it widens the gap between the low value designer and the designer that doesn't want to become a high value designer and a high value designer. So it makes us that much more attractive and that much more profitable, <laughs> all the above. 
you know what I'm saying? So, so that's it, y'all. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Um, I'll, I'll likely be doing these a few times a week, but I had to get on here and do this. Um, because like I said, I just got too much content to get out. So again, sorry if you hear my kids in the background, but I, so I got this whole little setup to try to <laughs> tune out the background noise. My youngest is taking a nap. My other three are upstairs, but, um, we got to get the content out. Y'all I'm not overthinking this anymore. It's, it's getting out. So hope y'all have a phenomenal week. And if you're not in good to go, join us. We would love to have you. All right. Y'all have a phenomenal week and I'll see y'all later in the week. Peace.